page 477, we'll be reading out of 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, We are your own flesh and blood. In the past, while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led the Israel led Israel on their military campaigns, and you and the Lord said to you, You will be shepherd my people, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to David, King David at Hebron, the king made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he became king, and he reigned forty years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, You will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. They thought, David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion which is the city of David. On that day, David said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they say the blind and the lame will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from terraces inward and he became more and more powerful because the Lord God Almighty was with him. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Stepping into your position, that verse 3 in Second Samuel 5, talks about the elders anointed David to be king over Israel. Let me just share with you, the first week we talked about Samuel, right? Samuel showed up and he anointed David. Here's the point. The things that the Lord anoints, it may take some time, but men will realize it and they will anoint you. And you will be able to step into your position physically. Do you see what happened? The Lord anointed David to be king over Israel when he was just a boy. Time came when man saw what God had already done and the doors opened for him, David, to take his position. That applies to us on so many levels. Things that we have been talking about over the last several years, <laughs> but even in the last several weeks, that the things that God does, He does with us before anyone around you knows it. That something which is God's alias. Okay? But that's something that speaks to your heart about who you are, 
those dreams that you have in your heart about what you can do, who you want to be, is the Lord letting you know, this is what I want for you, this is what I'm going to do in you. In time, it will show up. I have something for you this morning. Lord put it very clear on my heart to share this. Scriptures that you already know, but I want you guys to open your hearts because it's, it's for somebody. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I know them. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You will call upon me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things that you don't know. Promises. Right out of Jeremiah. Call on me and I will share with you great and mighty things that you do not know. How often do we go, I don't know what to do. Okay, that is in your category of you don't know. How am I going to do? That is in your category of I don't know. All of the I don't knows that the enemy beats us up with and weights us down with is an opportunity for God to come good on His promise. If you don't know it, call on me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things that you don't know. Promise. If you don't know the answer, call on God and He will answer you because He wants to tell you great and mighty things that you don't know. Powerful, isn't it? Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the life of David. Granted, they are not your normal Bible stories that you hear. Okay? But take time. Read. First Samuel, Second Samuel, First Chronicles. Read about the life of David. But the first week when we talked about David, we talked about this. Here's your sermon in a sentence. You are chosen. Remember that? You are chosen. God looks at the heart. He does not look at the outward appearance. He calls us out, no matter where we are, and He anoints us. He separates us. He empowers us, and He promises to protect us. That's what the anointing is. You have been chosen. And you have been chosen and anointed for a purpose that He created specifically for you. Nobody else can do what you're called to do. Nobody. Next, we moved into a season of preparation. Remember about hiddenness? We talked about this last week. The cave of Adullam. The fortress of refuge. 
Sometimes you feel all alone. You've been pulled away. You've been separated out. Nobody understands what you're feeling. Nobody understands what you're going through. What do we do with things that are precious and valuable? We hide them. We take them off to where they're alone so we can give them special attention. But we're in a time of preparation in our hiddenness. And believe it or not, in all of that, whether you know that there are other people around you, there are. Do you remember our reference last week of the Island of Misfit Toys? Right? The caboose with square wheels, right? The cowboy that rides the ostrich. I'm not calling any names out. You're safe. The squirt, the gun that shoots jelly, you know, all of the, the island of misfits toys. And at points, we feel like that because we have been separated from all of the norm and set over to the side and we feel like we're alone. And then all of a sudden you realize there's another misfit that's there with you. That's a blessing. Because at a point where you're feeling all alone, even, even somebody that's not quote-unquote normal is a sight for sore eyes. And then you realize that the abnormal is actually the normal in what God is moving in and what He's working in so that He can put Himself on display. Because if we live in the normal, is God seen? But if you break out of what is normal, then the Lord begins to get that attention of who He is. Our season of preparation is designed to prepare us to step into purpose. It's why He anointed us, and that's why God chose us. Today we're talking in 2 Samuel chapter 5 that David is finally anointed king. He's finally put into his position. From what he heard about when he was a kid at 12 years old, that he was appointed and anointed to be king of Israel. And finally, the time comes through this process, through the caves, through all of what he had to go through, what he had to learn, what he had to experience, He's stepping into being king. We need to remember when we finally reach our purpose, the work has only begun. It's not time to throw life into neutral, it's not time to coast. Myself as an example. If it was my life's purpose to be a pastor, and two and a half years ago, I step up here and decide, got it. Done. Put this in neutral, flip out the lawn chair, get myself a Coke, get on the lazy river of life. I got it made. The work has just begun. <laughs> right. I know. It's here. It's finally. I'm done. Great. 
am I being faithful to my calling? No. Is it an understanding that God has moved me and I've finally learned enough that He has allowed me to step into such a position to continue the work that He's called me to do, to continue to learn, to continue to press forward, to continue to be available. As David reached his position, and we were to read on in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, David found himself in a, at a point of complacency. While the armies were out fighting, David decided to stay home. And he walked out on the roof, and he saw Bathsheba, and things spiraled down. The point is that he had gotten complacent. See, the reason that the, the people of Israel anointed him was they even said, you are, you are the one who went with us on the military campaigns. You were the ones that led the military. Not Saul, you did. So when David became king, what did he do? He stayed home and let the military go. Okay. Let's rewind back to 2 Samuel chapter 5. Now David, why were you anointed? Because you were out doing the work that you were supposed to be doing as king. Leading military strategies. But he stayed home. He got complacent. When we step into our position, it is not the place or time to throw your feet up on the recliner and float on the lazy river. When you lose focus, you become complacent. When you get distracted, things go downhill. So when God moves you into your position, stay focused. Don't get complacent. You have been placed there for a purpose. All of the training that you have gone through, all of the hiddenness, all of the caves, all of the loneliness, all of the questions, and how God has built you and shared with you and taught you is for a reason. And it's to be used when you land in your purpose. Now here's what I don't want us to think, is that the only thing I have to do is to get to this purpose. My dad used to tell me this all the time. Enjoy the journey. Don't always focus on the destination. Especially you're in the back seat, and you're heading to vacation, and you just want to get to the beach, and you're like, Dad, enjoy the journey? Really? Are you kidding me? How many telephone poles have we just passed? This is not fun. Enjoy the journey, Ian. Look between the poles. What's going on as you're driving down the road of life? Embrace it. Absorb it. Understand it. Think about it. Learn from it. Because when you get to your destination, that's what you need. So, enjoy the journey. At the same time, stay focused. As we get to our positions, 
always trust the one who got you there. First Chronicles chapter 21. David has amassed great wealth, land, armies, and decides he wants to just understand how strong he is. So they start counting. David's like, count the armies, count the people, count the warriors. Who got him there? God did. Who was with him in the caves? God was. Keep your trust planted in the one who walked you through the hiddenness. It's not about numbers. It's not about what wealth you may have amassed. It's not about counting your bank account because if something goes wrong that I know that I have this amount of money. You can look at your bank account and I can tell you that that one who trusts the Lord is richer than you are. Because the Bible tells us that God owns everything, right? All the ground, all the mountains. And I was told by, by an old preacher, he owns all the ground, all the mountains, all the farmland, and all the taters underneath. He owns it all. So who's got a greater bank account? Whose savings account is built up the most? The one who owns it all. That's where you place your trust. It's not in the numbers. It's not in what you think is going to keep you safe. So with that, David got off course. And you know what? Punishment. Consequence. And oftentimes, the greater the consequence comes with the greater, greater responsibility that you hold. As you enter your position... Trust the one who led you there. Trust the one that led you there. It's been interesting to watch as God has blessed so many people from new positions, new jobs. In a time of, of COVID where many things have fallen apart, the Lord has blessed us. The Lord has blessed us. It is not about the numbers. It's not about the new positions that we hold. It is about the one who trusts us enough to bless us with those things and that it is our responsibility to keep our focus and our eyes on Him. We didn't get us here. The Lord did. And he wants to take us further. And he will if we will follow. As we move forward in our position, and as God allows us to understand what he has designed us and purposed us to do, individually and corporately, there, are this, there is this process that we move through. There's a time of understanding where we're heading. It's that first point of anointing. This is what God wants to do with us. Second, He moves us into training. Preparation. Sometimes it can get pretty lonely. But He's there with us, and that's where our relationship with Him deepens and where it builds. And then at points, He's going to move us into our 
position. What he wants to do with us. What he wants to do through us. And in that time, it's an understanding that it's not time to float on the lazy river, but it is time to stay focused on what he's called us to do and not be distracted. To keep our trust in the place where it is supposed to be. And that's with him. So that time of hiddenness and quietness, when he's the only one that's around, that's where our relationship builds. That's where we understand how he communicates to us and that he does communicate to us. And that same voice leads us into the position that we stand and where we sit. God doesn't put us into a position and then leave us. It's like Andrea was sharing earlier. It's going to be okay. God did not put her in a position of the principal, open up the principal office door, kick her in there and slam it shut. All right, who's next? And Andrew's just wandering around her office going, okay, now what? He graciously and lovingly opens the door for her and walks in the office with her. It's an understanding that in our hiddenness and in those times when we're in those caves that we understand we're not alone. Church, you're never alone. Never. He's always there. In the best of times... In the worst of times, He's always there. He's there with you so that others around you get to meet Him. And they get to experience all of who He is for them in their lives where they are. I know the plans I have for you, even if you don't. Plans to prosper you, to encourage you, to build you up, to strengthen you. Not to harm you. That means don't believe the lies of the enemy. Remember, the enemy is to steal, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job. But there may be a point in time where you're like, Ian, I feel like my flesh is being ripped off of my skeleton. God, why are you letting that happen? The Bible does tell us to die to self, right? To die to your flesh. Follow me when I'm saying this, okay? Sometimes the sweetest aroma to the Lord is your burning flesh. You catch what I'm saying? Sometimes the sweetest aroma to God is when you surrender yourself to die to self that He will live. We can be in our caves. We can be alone. And the Lord is there with us. 
And we can be in front of him and down on our knees and go, God, I'm dying here. And as a loving father, he will look at you and say, I know. And it's going to be okay. Because to move into the position that he has called us to, sometimes we can't be the same person that we are today. So allow that flesh to die. Put the paddles away. Stop trying to resuscitate that old person. Because that's not who you need to be to step into where God's taking you. But there are times that the enemy is to destroy you and wants to destroy you. And God is telling you, I have not come to harm you. I'm not here to destroy you. Rebuild you? Yes. Refine you? Absolutely. Restore you? Yes. Harm you? No. I have plans for you, the Lord says, to give you hope and a future. Call upon me. Come to me. Pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That's a challenge, isn't it? Oh, well, let's see. It's I've got to be at work at uh, two, about 15 minutes. Okay, God, just give me a verse. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, well, we, I can see where that applies. That's very different than going... Alarm goes off at 4 o'clock in the morning. You're on your knees by 4.15 with your Bible in hand. Notepad, pen. God, lead me. I'm looking for you. I'm seeking with you with all my heart. Everything that I have, those things that I think are important, I'm not. I'm not doing those. I'm not going to do... I'm not, I'm not going to engage in those things that satisfy me personally because you're more important. Sometimes the only thing sometimes we have to go through prayer and fasting. 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 It can be not eating, it can be not eating and drinking. It can be not eating peanut butter M&Ms for a month. For some of us that's hard. But there are things that we would rather do than seek the Lord. Isn't it? Stop them and seek Him. That's seeking with all your heart. It is what, that is the only thing on your mind. That is the only thing that you're focused on is, God, I'm surrendering everything I am to you because I, I want to hear from you. I want an answer. Not as a crying baby kicking and screaming, but God, please, you said you're a good, good father. I'm, I'm banking on these promises that you've given me in your word. I'm pursuing you with all that I have. And I'm willing to deny myself for you to speak to me. If you do that, here's what the Lord says. I will answer you. And I will tell you 
the great and mighty things that you don't know. Now, in that surrender of all of who we are in pursuing Him and to know His heart, it's on His time frame. But I want it now. But you need to die to self. But I want... Not about you. That puts us in a position of surrender and submission. Which takes us right into humility. Surrender, submission, and humility. God, I want an answer. I have a situation I'm dealing with. I need direction in my life. I need to know what the next step is. Seek me with all of your heart and I will answer you. And I will tell you those things that you don't know. I'll tell them to you. And it's open-ended. I can tell you this. Everything that I've dealt with in my life, everything, God has never, never been late. Ever. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. You can trust Him to give you the anointing to step into the position that He's called you into. You can trust Him to be with you in your hiddenness and in your quietness. And you can trust Him when you step into the position that He's created you for. Seek me, call upon me with all your heart, and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things that you don't know. Father, Lord God, we are blessed to be in your presence. And Father, I thank you for being here with us today. God, I ask you to continue to encourage us in the trials that we face, in the difficulties that are before us. Father, in the excitement and the wonderful things that are ahead of some of some of others, Lord, bless us and bless us. Teach us, Father, how to surrender. Father, how to sit in the still and the quietness. How to understand that you're communicating with us, that you're developing us, that you're growing us. Father, share with us things that we can give up. Teach us how to pursue you with all of our hearts. And Father, we welcome your answers. Those things that are great and mighty. Those things that we don't know. Lord, just lead us continually, each one of us. Father, I'm so thankful that you know every one of our situations. Father, the joys that we have, the difficulties that we face, God, that you're in each one of those things. Lord, we are thankful for who you are, for what you're doing. And God, I ask you, to allow your spirit to enter into each of our lives. Giving us what we need 
for where we are and in who we are becoming. Lord, we love you and we worship you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.